Hi there. Thanks for listening. This episode is sponsored by Matt, the Mortgage Guy, a California mortgage broker and real estate investor with your interest in mind. For good, honest advice and any of your residential financing needs, go ahead and shoot him a message at matt at themortgageguy.com or feel free to text him directly at 916-529-7600. Remember, when you're ready to apply, call Matt, the Mortgage Guy. And just so you know, for one rental at a time fans, he is waiving his $6.95 processing fee. Take care. Hey everyone, welcome to our Monday series, our expert series. We bring on Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Michael. How about you? I'm doing well. So the first topic of our three discussion points today is something that is a specific focus of mine, and I believe it's a focus of yours. And that is, we both believe that real estate investing, investing in general, when done right, is a path to wealth, a a path to a better life. However, we both know, even though it's been a while for both of us, that going from zero to that first deal is the big leap, right? The second one is easier. The third one is easier than the second one. So let's talk about that person who's stuck on zero, because often there is something there. They're afraid. They're nervous. Maybe somebody in their network was really burned by the 08 crash. We have to realize that's still pretty recent. So when you hear that, maybe analysis paralysis, what, what do you, when you think that when somebody's at zero, they seem to be doing the right thing. What do you do? What do you ask? What do you, what do you advise? What do you do? Yeah. So there's a couple of different things there. Number one, the market is red hot. We're at, we're at all time highs everywhere across the board in every sector, except hotels. You can get those for free right now, probably. And, <laughs> you know, some, some retail assets, some office assets, you know, prices have dropped a little bit in certain areas, but in general, housing is just record highs everywhere. Um, and other assets, cap rates are compressed. So, People are seeing that and they're like, man, how, do, how, does it, how does it work? How do I make money? And I'm working with people all over the country and you know, outside of the United States as well that invest in, in this country. And mm. you know, they're looking at prices, cap rates, things like that. Um, so that's the first thing is people are like, man, how do I even make a deal work? Well, so that's one. The other one is there's so much, if you're just getting started, there's so much information out there. You almost get paralyzed because you don't know which direction to go. Should I wholesale? Should I flip? Should I do a burr? Should I do, you know, house hacking? Well, if I'm going to house hack, what does that look like? Um, it, you know, there's just so much information for people, and a lot of it depends on where you are in your in your financial journey. Now, you know, investing to create wealth, you know, so that's a relative thing. If you make a ton of money, you don't have to invest. You can just put your money under a mattress. And if you're making enough income, you know, depending on your lifestyle and what your needs are, you know, wealth can be whatever that is to you. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have to invest. And that's where I think a lot of people get hung up too. I hear that a lot. Mm -hmm. People are anxious about, man, I'm missing out. I'm missing out. And, you know, I've heard that my whole career and I've been at this, you know, almost, almost 25 years now uh, as an investor developer. And when I was young, I felt like, man, if I don't do something, I'm going to miss out, you know? So we, I think we talked about that in in a video, you know, a few weeks back in terms of, you know, FOMO. Yeah. So number one, you don't have to do anything. Number two, you're not going to miss out. There's always opportunity in every market all the time. You know, they used to say opportunity only knocks once opportunity knocks all day, every day all day, every day, in every market, everywhere in the world, right? There's opportunities. You just got to know how to, number one, 
maximize those opportunities. Number two, act on it. Number three, have multiple exit strategies. And number four, how to structure the deal so that it works. And number five, you got to understand, well, what am I after? Do I want cash flow? Do I want returns? What kind of returns? So those are the types of things you have to think about. So analysis paralysis gets a lot of people. So my advice is based on where you're at, what your level is, you know, if you haven't done anything and you want to get involved, do something small that you're comfortable with that isn't going to wipe you out if you make a mistake. That's number one. So if you just think in those terms, you know, start with a small single family rental, start with a small flip that's just not expensive that, you know, if you've missed something, it's not going to bankrupt you. Um, if you're going from single family to commercial multifamily, something like that, same thing, start smaller so that, um, you know, you know that if you make a mistake, it's not going to take you out. You can weather that storm. You need to accurately calculate the risk and understand the risk and make sure that you can absorb that if it happens. What's the worst case scenario? And then there's great mentors, coaches, advisors out there like you with your one rental at a time program, the stuff I do, other people out there doing stuff. So you can study, you can educate yourself, but at some point you got to take action. You got to get out there and just do it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are afraid. What if I mess up? So what? You mess up, you mess up. Yeah. Um, you know, just minimize, understand what that cost of a mistake is going to be if you miss the market completely and, you know, be able to understand that, absorb it. And if you have multiple exit strategies, you should be okay. Yeah. I love how you broke that down. I, and folks, I don't know if you know this, but we don't script any of these discussions. We just throw a topic out and we go, hopefully that's true. I mean, hopefully you figure that out if you watch these playlists. And again, Greg has a very long playlist with hours of materials there. So, so check out the playlist. Scripted. Me, I probably couldn't even repeat that. The way I just, <laughs> <laughs> you know. yeah, it's I like you get in these conversations and stuff just comes up. Yeah, it's cool. So a couple of things hit me there that I want to echo and I feel is, is exactly correct. First, you got to pick your lane, right? Real estate investing is tremendous because it provides options and flexibilities that really allow you to look at your life, where you are in your journey and go that direction. Maybe you're a 20-year-old who's chosen not to go to college or dropped out of college. Well, for most of you, that means you have time, but limited financial resources. So go bird dog, go work for a developer, go, you know, go use your time, which is plentiful, to build skill that you'll be able to leverage forever. Maybe you're a 40-year-old uh, employee, you know, W-2, and you have no time, but you have the ability to live on less and save. So the one rental at a time journey may be interesting to you, right? Maybe you have the appetite, like your journey started with Greg with a, a truck and a toolbox, and you want to build businesses. Well, if you do, you know, go do that, right? It's, it's, it's tremendous. But what, where the failure is, and you're right, I, I see it all the time, people are going 50 directions an inch at a time and you can't get it. And there's so many different types, so many different strategies, you know, that's the problem. So for most people, just like you just said, figure out. So there's, there's a couple of things here um, in terms of where to start, how to start. So number one, start local, start with a market, you know, you're familiar with and look at what's available to you there and then figure out what interests you there. Some people houses are going to interest you. Some it might be industrial, others, it might be bubble home parks. It could be, you know, office, retail, could be triple net, could be land lease, whatever it is, whatever speaks to you, there's a reason that is speaking to you. Yeah. So dig into it, understand it. Now, here's the thing. If you're going to be broad in the type of asset you're investing in, then, you, you know, you can be more local in your geography. You can be in a smaller area. So I'm regional. My whole career, I've been from North Carolina to East Coast up into the DC area. So pretty much regional 
as where I've stayed because I'm ag agnostic, asset class agnostic, asset type agnostic. So I'll do anything that makes sense because I like to do different things. So, you know, when you're that way, you can be very narrow in your geography. Now, if you want to be single asset focused um, outside of residential and even residential in your area, it might be limited. But, you know, let's say you want to do apartment buildings, two to 400 units, um, you know, class B and C value add. Well, then you got to broaden your geography because wherever you're at, there's probably only so many of them unless you're just in a huge metro. So then you can go nationwide, you know, with those with those types of, of properties and classes of property. So. Um, the more focused you are on your type, the more broad your geography needs to be, the more narrow you are, the, uh, uh, the more broad, uh, you know, the more, you know, um, diverse you are in your asset type, the broader you can, you can mm -hmm. be in your geography. So for the millennial, for the young 20, 20 year old, 18 year old, 20 year old, you're in college, you're just starting out, whatever, learn creative financing. If you don't have money, if you don't have cash to invest, then you can't qualify for loans because you don't make enough money. Um, you know, learn creative financing. You can get into properties with no money down. You can get into properties on subject to lease options, rent to own. There's a lot of different ways that you can do that. So study those terms, understand that if you can borrow money um, and you've got enough to put down on something, start small and build it. I can tell you there's two or three uh, developers, a couple of them are billionaires that started in college with one duplex you know they lived in one side rented the other <clears throat> and then they just started buying 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 and they raised capital from other investors and they grew from there so there's story after story of people that started out just like that and built empires you know sam zell is one of them one of the mm -hmm. most prolific investor developers out there that's how he started he started in college with one property mm -hmm. um, as a young man so you know he's been at it for 50 years or however long you know warren buffett what did he start with 500 bucks or something or yeah. whatever it was yeah. you know so again 60 years he's been at it so the other problem is everybody wants it now yeah. so this this generation of the the millennials and the gen zers and the and the zillennials you know uh, which is the generation that's that's born under the millennials hmm. they know nothing but technology and you know instant gratification so that's another problem especially with millennials and even adults now is that we're in this world of instant results instant yeah. deliver to my door instant gratification so we're not patient and, and people look at me and they look at you and they're like man i want to be where you're at well dude yeah. i started you know i went in the navy right out of high school i started you know my career as a as a employee in 1985 i went to boot camp and i went in the navy and i studied retail in the navy and then I got out and I went to work in the you know corporate world and had a number of jobs in construction. I mean, I was toting lumber, walking on steel I-beams, 30 feet in the air, building buildings. I mean, you know, carrying, you know, jackhammer and concrete. I mean, I've done all kinds of stuff, you know, uh, from a vocational standpoint. Then I went to work in restaurants as well. And I, you know, I, I did that and learned management and leadership and numbers, you know, in the restaurant industry and, you know, studied and poured into myself and developed. And then I started my company. Uh, in 1997, my first real company that I built into a $30 million company before I sold it. So it, it's been a long, long journey. And before that, I was an entrepreneur as a kid, raking yards, you know, cutting grass. Kids don't do that anymore. I mean, I was out at, you know, 10, 11, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, knocking on doors. I'd wash cars. I would cut grass. I would rake leaves. I would clean your house. It didn't, I didn't care, yeah. you know, I just, hey, my name is Greg. I need some money. I'm getting ready to test for the next belt, next belt in karate and my dad won't pay for it. He said, I got to go make money, you know? Yeah, 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 that's awesome. I love that story. I love, I, again, folks, if you haven't heard uh, Greg's first interview, the truck in a toolbox interview, it, it is a must watch on this channel. It's video one in his playlist. I've actually listened to it three or four times while working out. It's, it's just awesome. 
The other thing that I liked how you started this discussion is you talked about today mm -hmm. and people need to hear it again. Uh, I've been doing this 20 years. You've been doing it 25. Today is unusual. It is, yeah. it is, this market is not functioning normally. At least in my market, we have restricted supply. We have an over incentive on first time buyers. We have millennials moving into the area. It is, it's amazing to watch because I watch it every day. It's amazing. But trying to jump into this market today, going from zero to one, probably not the right time. It is absolutely the right time to learn your market because it has never been this vibrant, this moving daily changes. Uh, but you should be doing the work now. Uh, you know, you should write offers that I call good or great, right? Only those don't do average. But you got to get ready for 2021. This market cannot be this dysfunctional much longer because otherwise prices will just explode. If markets stay below one month inventory for much longer, it'll they'll, they'll, the prices will jump another 50 grand, right? Because it, it will work itself out. Uh, supply well, and will and come. The price increases aren't at scale. So there is pushback. So people are pushing back at certain levels with prices. I mean, there are properties sitting on the market that aren't selling because they're mm -hmm. just overpriced. Yeah. So again, you know, residential real estate and commercial, it's a function of cash flow. It's a function of the payment. And, you know, we've talked about the analogy between vehicles and houses. You know, people are buying payments. That's why there's so much demand right now because interest rates are so low. It just makes sense. It makes more sense to own than it does to rent or as much when you factor in all the other costs because the interest rates are so cheap. So that's really what's driving the pony. Uh, commercial, it's the same thing. You can get interest only uh, rates very cheap for like multifamily and all these other different types of properties right now. So it's, it's, you know, bringing demand to the market. So this is a very short, short term, short lived thing. I mean, interest mm -hmm. rates will probably stay low for a while, but in terms of, you know, people's ability to borrow. So that's the other thing you have to qualify. You got to put money down. So you can't, you know, just everybody and anybody get a loan. And, you know, speaking of cars, I don't know if you've noticed, but I saw something the other day that one of the dealers is, or, or manufacturers is offering 84 months. Oh my gosh, um, I did not zero see Zero interest that. now. Wow. Seven years, zero interest. It used to be five or six, now it's seven. So why are they doing that? So they can jack the price of a car up because you don't care if it costs a hundred grand. If you can pay for it over 10 years, what the heck? Your payment's the same as when it costs 50 and it was yeah. only four years. So that's kind of what's happening there. Um, now, there's a lot of forecasting out there about FHA, you know, or Freddie and Fannie, you know, privatizing and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff, um, <clears throat> you know, going back into the private sector as, as opposed to public sectors and, you know, what, the, what are the effects of that? How's that going to affect pricing and things like that? Um, you know, and uh, there's a couple of people, uh, Danielle D. Martino Booth, mm -hmm. she's, she's worried about loan origination and she thinks that there's um, that they're a bit lackadaisical. I don't see that. People still have to qualify. I don't see, you know, the, the no doc, no verification yeah. stuff back in, you know, 08, 09 that we saw. And, you know, uh, that's where people were paying anything and prices were not coming down. Right now, we see, we see prices holding. We see demand drop a little bit here and there. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's not out of control yet. Yeah, the last thing I want to talk about in this subject is I actually sent a chart, two charts out to my audience, right? If you're a subscriber of my channel, I think on Saturday, I sent a note uh, with two charts on it. And they're exactly what you're talking about. It's price to income and payment mm -hmm. to income. A lot of YouTube entertainers out there are talking about price to income. And they're pointing at the charts and saying, hey, look at that top and look at that 08 top. And they're saying, see, they're the same. We're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. And these individuals who have been doing this five years don't understand.
because just like you talked about the vehicle, most people don't buy a house on the price. They go down their mortgage statement and look at the payment. So chart number two is payment price. No, payment to income. And when I bought his- my first house in 1990, that's mm-hmm. when I bought my first house. That's exactly what we did. We sat down with the lender. We put all of our bills literally on a piece of paper because there was no computer back then to type it in. So we had our net income, not gross, net. Yeah. How much were you taking home? Yeah, my wife was a teacher making 20 grand a year. I was making like 10, 15 bucks an hour in construction, doing whatever I could do. And, um, you know, my little side gigs and we put our income down we put all of our expenses down. And then there was that ratio of what, what you had left to what you could afford in a payment. And that's how we bought our first house. It was how much we could pay every single month. And, you know, back then the philosophy was buy as much house as you could, you know, because that's the best investment you can make and yada, yada, yada. And, you know, those days are long gone unless you're, you know, buying at discounts, but yeah. Uh, and the, the second chart, why it's interesting and why all these YouTube entertainers are wrong, you just need to stop listening to them, is the given the interest rates today and the price point today, uh, we are not even to the historical average, which is 29.2%, right? Mm-hmm. They, they consider somebody debt burdened at 35% and the historical yeah. average is 29.2. We are just below 29.2. So yeah, get, basically three to one is what it used to be. Yeah. So we are not even there. So when people want to tell you that a crash is imminent because the price points are the same, they're either wrong or stupid. I'll let you pick which one because it's the payment, (laughs) right? It's the payment that matters. And yes, if interest rates rose, that would affect the payment and we could have a problem. But today we don't have a problem. Yeah. So here's the, here's the real question. And this is what we don't know yet. So the real question is what a lot of them are looking at is, okay, what happens when rates rise? You know, house values come down because again, as rates go up, prices come down. As rates go down, prices go up. Mm -hmm. That's just how mortgage, the mortgage industry, housing, that's how it works. So let's say rates double, Mm -hmm. you know, for some reason, you know, um, we come roaring back at the end of next year and the economy is just firing on all cylinders and everybody's back open and rates are going up because we've got inflation, okay? So then what does that do to housing prices? Arguably, they should come down. How much do they come down? They're going to come down relative to rates. So look at where we came from. Rates have dropped, you know, 2% basically from where they were pre-pandemic and pre-boom. If it goes back up, then, you know, values will drop 20%, you know? So that's what you can possibly foresee in a housing market situation. The real question is, if you bought a house and you locked in at 30 years at two and a quarter percent or two and a half percent or two and three quarter percent, or even three, and you lost 20% value, and you have to live somewhere, are you going to give up, walk away, dump that house? Not a chance. No. Right. Because what's your option? Well, now, you know, you're going to get a loan for twice as much. You're going to get less house. So, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. That's the beauty of- yeah, that's the beauty of residential real estate is that 30 years fixed. It doesn't have anything to do with valuation. And it's why commercial will be in trouble because it does have an impact when they reevaluate assets. Commercial is a different animal. And it'll be interesting to see, especially after this, after the holidays, you know, what's going to happen to a lot of these retail, uh, you know, malls, things like that. After the holidays, a lot of them are just staying open until we get through it. Uh, so mm-hmm. they're, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how the future of, of yeah. So let's get back to the zero, zero to one kind of frozen individual, right? We went, we went, we both took a right turn. The the one Mm. thing I want to close on this subject is what I tell all of my folks who are afraid, nervous, maybe they had a bad experience in 08, right? It's still pretty recent. I tell them the key is to build confidence in yourself. That's what I think is missing a lot is confidence. 
How do you do that? How do I do that? I tell people to get focused, like we talked about earlier. So again, I'll talk single family homes. That's what I know. I tell them to pick a market. I'll just use my example. Fresno, that's too big. Then they, then I say zip code, 93703. That's the Mayfair district, too big. I want you to pick three bedroom, two bath, four bedroom, two bath between 1200 and 1500 square feet. And I want you to look at that every day for 60 days. Document what's going on. I want you to become an expert in Fresno, Mayfair, 93703 between 1250, 1200 and 1500 square feet. And then I want you to know what the average deal looks like, which for me is a yield or cash on cash. And then I want you to, to write offers on good or great. If average is 6% cash on cash in that criteria, I want you to buy a seven or eight. It just takes time, man. And it takes daily execution. That's what people don't get. They, they want to look at it freaking for four hours on Saturday. No, it's 10 to 20 minutes every day. That's how I did it. I still look at my market every day after 20 years. Go ahead. Yeah. So confidence, you know, that's why I asked you that. Cause a lot of people are, how do I build confidence? Competence builds confidence. Ah. You got to know what you're doing. You got to educate yourself. You got to become an expert and then repetition. Okay. The best in the world, anything, business, sports, acting, whatever it is, singing, what do they do all day, every day? They practice, they take reps. So like you said, a little bit of time every day, studying, underwriting, you know, evaluating deals, looking at, looking at markets, those types of things. Or if all you have is a few hours on Saturday, that it is what it is. But the key is now you got to take action. You got to put it into action. So start making offers. Don't get frozen. Don't be afraid to make the offer. You don't have to buy. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure everybody understands. When you make an offer, you don't have to buy, okay? Until you sign that contract, you're not obligated. And even when you do, they can't force you to buy. All they can do is keep your earnest money. So make offers, okay? Negotiate. Just start getting out there. Make sure you're, you know, you're going to do something if it comes around. But if something happens, something changes in your life, whatever, emergency, you know, you can back out of the deal. Uh, if you haven't signed a contract, no, no love lost. If you put an earnest money up, that's all you have at risk at a certain point once you've done your due diligence. So make those offers. If you're a seller, same thing. You don't have to sit, you don't have to accept every offer that comes in. You know, when you put a property up for sale, even if they offer you your asking price, you can still say no, you change your mind. So mm -hmm. you're not obligated in the offer process. Okay. So just get out there, educate yourself, become an expert. There's the there's a difference between arrogance and confidence. Okay. Arrogance is, man, I know everything. I'm just going, and that's just arrogance, right? Yeah, I promise is, you, you don't. I still don't after 20 years. Right. <laughs> So I'm not saying I do. I'm just saying that's what no, arrogance no, I, is. Arrogance no. is just, you know. I was referring that, to the audience. Kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Confidence is <clears throat> knowing that you know what you're doing. And, you know, the first rule of investing, Warren Buffett says don't lose money. But the real first rule of investing is do your due diligence before you wire the money. So ah. make sure you know what you're doing. You know what you're looking at. You understand it before you put your money at stake. That gives you confidence. Oh, I love that. Well, with that, folks, we will call it episode one. Greg, do me a favor. I've been checking out your courses and whatnot. How can people follow you and get a part of your courses and mentoring? Where should they go? Yeah, gregdickerson.com. That's where everything is held. And yeah, I've got some courses that, uh, you know, very affordable to help people get started yeah. and uh, educate themselves. And, you know, the thing I always tell everybody is all it takes is one idea. So no matter what you know or how much you know, the best, brightest people, the most successful people in the world will tell you, one idea made all of the difference in their life and their business. Your book, mm -hmm. you know, I could read that book. I guarantee you I'm going to get an idea out of that book that's going to be worth thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars to me. As much experience as, I've had, as I have, there's probably something in there. I haven't read it yet, but there's probably yeah. something in there that, 
which somebody might need to send me a copy. Oh, um, I can take care of that. I can do yeah, that. Man. There you go. <laughs> I thought I did. So uh, I just haven't even thought about it, but um, as much as we talk, but you know, anyways, one idea. So one book, one course, one seminar, one, everywhere you go, every interaction you have, every meeting you take, make sure that you always approach it from a standpoint of a seeker of wisdom. Look for the gold in every situation and you will find it acres of diamonds. They're right there in your own backyard. I love that. Well, we will call that an episode. And this is episode one. Uh, We have two more to go. Thanks, man. Yep.